0: cyberbit is offering cyberwire listeners a free live fire exercise sign up your team now at cyberbit.com cyberwire the sun team rises in red dawn much pii mostly out of japan appears in the black market stall of a poorly reviewed vendor The Mexican bank raid seems to have started with a small brokerage and spread from there. Facebook and Google Plus continue to be infested with jihadist inspiration. More charges for alleged Syrian electronic army hoods. A man gets 15 years for, among other things, DDoSing former employees and mobile app users XYZ. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, May 21st, 2018. McAfee researchers are tracking the Sun Team, a DPRK threat group operating a mobile malware campaign, Red Dawn, against North Korean defectors. They're using Google Play and Facebook to spy under the guise of beta applications. Three bad apps have been found. Food Ingredients Info for the health conscious out there, and two bogus security apps, Fact AppLock and AppLock Free for the rest of you. The initial quiet infection is via the Play Store. The larger, noisier spread is through Contagion by Facebook. FireEye's EyeSight unit has found a great deal of Japanese personally identifiable information for sale in a Chinese black market, apparently culled for the most part from earlier big breaches. The material seems genuine enough, and it comes mostly from Japanese databases. Who is the vendor selling this stuff? FireEye speculates, speculates, they say, that it's an individual living somewhere in China's Zhejiang province. Whoever it is seems to have been in business underground since 2013. The criminal vendor gets low grades from the black market's equivalent of Yelp. And yes, black market buyers do rate their vendors. There are a lot of complaints that buyers don't get what they expected when they ponied up. One good bit of advice is to avoid reusing passwords. Exploitation of compromised reused credentials seems to be the biggest danger here. Inquiry into the recent rash of unauthorized transfers from Mexican bank accounts continues. The Bank of Mexico says that while its investigation of a series of criminal raids on the interbanking electronic payment system SPEI, is still in progress. They've concluded that the initial attack came through a small brokerage house. Losses in the theft are estimated to come to some 300 million Mexican pesos, a bit more than 15 million U.S. dollars. Bank of Mexico Governor Alejandro Diaz de Leon has said that three banks, a broker, and a credit union were affected, but he declined to name the institutions involved facebook continues to struggle with content moderation terrorist imagery and propaganda is one category the company has expressed a desire to purge but facebook has met with indifferent success the global intellectual property enforcement center and the digital citizens alliance say it's easy to find jihadist exhortations and imagery of unbelievers executions you just have to know which hashtags to follow also while in many respects forgotten Google Plus isn't gone and it has become a popular channel for jihadist inspiration. Two alleged members of the Syrian Electronic Army, Ahmad Umar Agha, 24, the pro, and Firas Dardar, 29, the shadow, now face 11 U.S. federal counts of conspiracy to commit computer fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and aggravated identity theft. Both men remain at large. They were principally fishers. They successfully targeted employees at The Washington Post, CNN, The Associated Press, National Public Radio, The Onion, Human Rights Watch, NASA, Microsoft, and the executive office of the president. Among their capers were tweets from a hijacked AP Twitter account that falsely claimed the U.S. president had been injured in a bombing. One of their co-conspirators, Peter Romar, pleaded guilty in 2016 and was sentenced to time served. The new charges, Security Week notes, come as the five-year statute of limitations on their original 2014 charges is approaching its expiration date. Tokyo police have concluded their investigation of a May 2015 breach of the Japan Pension Service in which an attack exposed one and a quarter million items of personal information. The investigation is over not because they got their hacker, but rather because the statute of limitations has expired. This has us wondering. Two statute of limitations stories in one week. What is the statute of limitations for cybercrime? Does it differ by severity of crime? It clearly differs by jurisdiction. So how long do you have to stay on the lamb, hypothetically speaking, before you're beyond the reach of the long arm of the law? We're asking for a friend. Let us say right up front that said friend is not one John Kelsey Gammel of New Mexico, who pleaded guilty back in January to a count of conspiracy to cause damage to a protected computer. He's said by prosecutors to have hired various booter services, DDoS for hire, to hit former employers, competitors, and public services, people he had a grudge against. A partial list of his victims includes Washburn Computer Group, the Minnesota State Courts, Dakota County Technical College, Minneapolis Community and Technical College, the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office, which suggests that while he may have been from New Mexico, his interests were up in Minnesota and the Dakotas. The judge gave him 15 years. Stiff, but he wasn't a first offender. He'd had an earlier felony conviction on his record, and in addition to the hacking charge, he went away for two counts of being a felon in possession of a firearm. Friday is GDPR Implementation Day, and we'll remind you of this daily. Today's story involves the cost of compliance. It's driven a few online games out of business, like Loadout and Super Monday Night Combat, and some others at least out of Europe, like Ragnarok Online. The cost of either rewriting or shifting to a new platform have been proving prohibitive, so they bid farewell in a twilight of the gamers. And finally, there's a new frontrunner in Names for Vulnerabilities marketing sweeps, this one, discovered and named by the jailbreakers at Pangu Lab, is called Zipperdown. Pangu's report is a little vague on details, but they think for sure that it's a common programming error, which leads to severe consequences, such as data overwritten and even code execution in the context of affected apps. They think a lot of mobile apps are probably vulnerable, but sandboxing in iOS and Android are probably a good defense against it. Still, here we are mentioning it. And why? Because Pangu called it zipper down, is why. Sure, it's vulnerability research, kids, but don't fool yourself. It's also commerce. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben, welcome back. Uh, we had an interesting story come by. This was from WRAL, uh, TV station in Raleigh, North Carolina. And they were talking about uh, the police managing to piece together a crime using some information from Google. Fill us in what's going on here.
1: So the city of Raleigh has been actually securing warrants uh, from a court down in North Carolina to collect the location data of any device that was in a given location when a crime was committed. So they actually provided an example of one of those warrants in the article, and they'll give GPS coordinates. So within GPS coordinate X and Y, which devices were there, what are their phone numbers, who do those phones belong to, they can either rule people out or in as having committed the crime. That presents obviously a lot of uh, legal issues and potentially some major privacy violations. Yeah. Now, in terms of the legal side, the city of Raleigh is actually on relatively strong legal grounds because they got a warrant. If they had just gone to Google and requested this information uh, and had Google comply voluntarily or even if, even if they had sought some sort of subpoena, that I think might have created more legal difficulty – they did get a warrant. There was somebody from the judicial branch who actually approved this search, and that's going to give it a little bit more legal credibility. It seems broad to me. Extremely broad. So you're absolutely right about that. The purpose of the Fourth Amendment is to have this sort of particularity. So the warrant, per the language of the Fourth Amendment, identifies what is to be searched, who is to be searched, with some level of particularity. This is the exact opposite of that, right? Yeah. It's not search whether individual X was in a given area at this particular time. It's searching that area to determine which individuals, which devices were contained within that area. And I think that could potentially run afoul of the particularity requirement. I think what the government would say is that you sort of relinquish your reasonable expectation of privacy uh, in your location when you use your smartphone device. You have to know that your smartphone, whether you're using a Google Maps app or whether you're trying to make a phone call, is going to be able to obtain your location, whether it's through GPS tracking, whether it's just the cell phone tower that, that pings your phone. And because you know that, at least the traditional view of the law, you have forfeited your expectation of privacy in that information. Right. What some of the privacy advocates said in this article, and which I think is a, a really important point, is that outlook might be outdated because... We don't really have a choice just because we use a device that literally every person uses and every person basically needs for their job, their familial engagements, their political and religious affiliations. Just because we have that device, that means that we're forfeiting our right to privacy and that the government can determine whether we were in a particular location at a particular time. That really rubs me the wrong way. And I think it would really rub uh, a lot of the American public the wrong way. So while I think because they obtained a warrant, they're on, uh, you know, higher legal ground than they otherwise would be, I think there are significant ethical dilemmas and, and privacy dilemmas that come with this decision.
0: And how do you suppose it'll play out from here?
1: Well, The issue is somebody has to have standing to challenge this in court. So, so far, in the instances that the article mentions where this technology was employed, only one person has been arrested. So what has to happen is that person will go through the criminal process. If they're convicted and that conviction is based on this evidence, I think they have reasonable grounds to challenge the conviction. They could say some county judge approved a warrant for an overbroad search that runs afoul of the Fourth Amendment. And that could be a very strong basis for appeal. And that would go first to the North Carolina Intermediate Court, potentially up to the North Carolina Supreme Court. Uh, I think this is, even though the issue is slightly different, uh, we'll get a a reasonable view on how the Supreme Court sees this uh, when they come down with their Carpenter v. United States decision, uh, which should come down sometime this spring, about whether you have a reasonable expectation of privacy in your cell site location information. So that should give us at least some guidance as to how the Supreme Court of the United States sees this issue. All
0: right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. Ben Yellen, as always, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Our lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program with the largest network of trust centers, That's vanta.com/slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for Cyberwire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed.